This is episode one with businesswoman and author Ami Quirconi. All right, welcome to Pencil Leadership. I'm Chris Anderson. Working in the health field allows me to help people physically, but I realized I wanted to help people in a deeper way. So each week, I'm going to be bringing you a motivational guest or topic that will help you on your journey to success. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. You've always had the power. You just had to learn it for yourself. Glinda, the good witch of the north from the Wizard of Oz. We all have things we go through in life, good and bad. And we all have moments that we can either choose to move forward and live a good life, positive life. Or we can sabotage ourselves with our mindset and how we think of our situations. Today we have a great guest in Ami Quirconi, who is a businesswoman and author who um, has over 15 years of many organizations from solopreneurial efforts to multi-million dollar companies. She's coached and worked with many startups over the years, understanding the unique challenges that come with earning the first dollar of any business venture. Today, through her work in the field of psychology and mental wellness, she brings a thought-provoking harmony of practical strategies with the underlying drives that affect people and their businesses. So, Ami, welcome to the show today. Well, thank you. I appreciate being here, Chris. No problem. I'm excited to kind of pick your brain a little bit and get your knowledge that you have for our audience um, about the topic of self-sabotage. Uh, and how to kind of correlate and walk around that. Well, again, uh, you're the host of the podcast, One Broken Mom, I believe, right? Is that correct? Yep. Awesome. Yep. So I guess what kind of do you guys like discussing on that show? Um, what's your kind of niche as far for our audience knows when they look you up? Sure. Well, so I started the podcast a couple of years ago. I'm in the like, you know, almost halfway through my midpoint of my second season. Its focus is on raising awareness about mental health, parenting, and self-improvement, which I know maybe for your business listeners might not sound like it's well connected, but I think as you and I talk a little bit about it, um, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to make those correlations to how the topics actually affect us in business. Um, but, you know, I started off, it, it's an interview-based show, so I bring on a variety of guests. A lot of them are self-help authors or therapists or researchers or, you know, anybody that has a specialty in a, a wide range of topics and subject matter as it comes across um, from either just a mental wellness, mental illness, uh, to parenting, back to what we can do from dating standpoints. And it's... Um, it's really designed to be able to shine a spotlight on this topic of neuroarchitecture, brain architecture, neuroscience, so that we can see what our brains do to help us and hurt us throughout many aspects um, of our life. And, you know, you don't have to have kids to listen to the show because um, it's, you know, it's kind of a running joke with the listeners that no children are required because the thing that we all have in common is that we all had parents. And so when we understand our childhood experiences a little bit better, then it begins to make a lot more sense on why we may still do some of the things 
we do as adults. And if we happen to have children, we get some insights on what we can do differently as parents than maybe what had happened to us growing up so that we can begin to break some chains of some, uh, some deficits, you know, um, and some opportunities to, you know, give kids really a better chance at their understanding of their world than maybe we had an opportunity to do as we were growing up. Yeah, that is, that's awesome. I love the topic of like neuroscience and how the brain works and, and what happens in our past that correlates to how we act now or how someone acts now. So I think, yeah, I think anyone could listen to that show and take a whole tangent of different things away um, in business and life in general. That's awesome. Um, and, and kind of correlating off of that things that have happened in our past to how we act now, a lot, of, a lot of people find themselves um, in the same boat I think you've been in and um, as far as the self-sabotage goes. Um, so kind of like, do you have a, like a, your own definition of self-sabotage or kind of your own background with that at all? Sure. Well, you know, it's something I joke about that I've mastered pretty well over the course <laughs> of my life. Um, and, you know, the thing is, is that self-sabotage, you know, really happens in two ways that I see a lot of people express it. You know, first one is um, when we react really strongly and emotionally to stressors in our life. And this happens in business all the time. Um, you know, a coworker says something to us. There's a deadline we have to follow through with. We have a vendor that, you know, shows up and has a bad day and takes us you know, takes it out on us. And when we draw, you know, kind of jump into the situation from a, a really aroused state, and I don't mean that like in a sexy way, I mean right. that in like the whole <laughs> danger system is going off. Um, we can say and do things that are going to hurt us in the moment, right? We've all been, mm -hmm. you know, guilty of that. We're like, God, oh, I really yeah. wish I hadn't said that, right? Like I, I flew off the cap. I, you know, and, and sometimes it's not always angry and heated. Sometimes people freeze when they're in, in stressful situations and they don't say anything at all. Um, and that can actually actually end up hurting them in some way professionally, even as well as personally. But then there's a second part of self-sabotage that I think that is the one that is the most insidious and the one that takes a little bit more depth of understanding of who we are as people and what a little bit of our history is. And that's what I call the self-fulfilling prophecies, which is that we make consciously and subconsciously a lot of decisions and choices that we don't realize what we're doing is we are recreating childhood over and over again. Um, we pursue ideas. We pursue people. We pursue uh, jobs, projects, whatever it may be and they may end up um, failing ultimately because our pursuit of them is rooted again in something that's in the past. And, and I, there's no specifics to that because our pasts are all very unique and very different. Um, and so when we keep recreating, you know, a childhood, and that's a huge leap for people to make with that second one, everybody gets the first one, like, oh, yeah, no, right. I totally, you know, can't keep my, you know, my crap together in a meeting. <laughs> um, and we think that if we can just learn to keep our mouth shuts, we'll, we'll fix it. But like I said, the, the most dangerous form of self-sabotage is that self-fulfilling prophecy of where we guide ourselves um, into situations and circumstances that are eventually, you know, fall apart because we're mm. adults, we're not children. And, right. um, and that's the, one of the biggest ones. It's the hardest for people to change. Yeah. I think those deep rooted, I don't want to necessarily say issues, but uh, problems that we, we might not have ever dealt with or had brought to the surface be just because whether it be the stigma of the culture or whatever, um, they just weren't brought to light. And those just kind of erode away internally, I feel like 
causing us to just come and, and cause us to have more and more issues um, as we go about life, because there are triggers, there are things that we aren't aware of. And, and being able to kind of talk about those, I think that's, that's important to see. And I, I thought it was a really good point you brought up about sometimes, even though we might not fly off the handle and say something that's going to bite us because of those, but the opposite of just not saying anything uh, can cause some issues too. And a lot of people might not even think about that or when they notice someone who gets real quiet in a situation and freeze, they're like, Oh, they're fine. They just didn't say anything, but right. they're internally like dealing with the same kind of issues, uh, just dealing with it differently. So I think that's a great point that you brought up there. Um, so what are some other um, triggers, I guess, have you done in your research that you've seen that are common, I guess, with people, if, if there are any, uh, that can cause those not relapses, but those issues to come come forward again. Well, you know, self sabotage is a chronic thing. It doesn't mm. just happen, you know, right. uh, once. You know, otherwise yeah. it, it would just be a mistake, right? right. Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, exactly. But but when you keep doing it and you keep repeating the pattern, then you know that you're you know you're dealing with it. You mm. know, one of the things you know, like I mentioned, is the is being quiet, which is assertiveness. You know, mm-hmm. either too much assertiveness or a lack of assertiveness. And okay. so, and that's why it, it can be at different ends of the spectrum. You know, a person who is unable to take criticisms without it feeling painful and hurtful inside of them tends to, or can actually uh, go off the the handle. They can be the ones that are always going to blow up in a meeting. And then what happens in a professional situation is, is that everybody begins to adapt around that personality and either accommodates that behavior. But it, I mean, imagine that stigma that you end up developing for yourself when you're the person who just gets angry all the time because somebody's trying to coach you. If you are unable to be coached, if you're unable to be critiqued, um, if you're unable to be mentored, because everything feels like it's a personal attack to you, it's obvious that you're not going to grow in your career. That's a self-sabotaging act. Um, On the other end of that, of a assertiveness is that when somebody is offering you those criticisms to you mm-hmm. and those critiques and you know uh, you know our nervous systems interact with people so it you know sometimes somebody is being a jerk when they're giving you feedback <laughs> right. um, but sometimes when somebody is really trying to be um, really informative with you and providing you just honest you know feedback in a way that should be um, able to guide you into growing in your job or your position or your career and that hurts but you do the opposite which is you retreat, well, then people see that out of you. Well, this is a person mm-hmm. who's really not going to be able to step up into stresses. They're really not going to be able to handle the rigors and you are not going to get promoted or you're not going to advance in your, in your position that way. Um, you know, and another thing that we see in self-sabotage or that you see out there is it's around financial decisions. And these are called, um, you know, there's a guest that I speak with quite often, Dr. Brad Klontz at a Creighton University, and it's called money disorders. And we have scripts in our heads about how we feel about money and those money Money disorders can actually come out through our jobs and again, be blended in with assertiveness. And so if you are, and I deal with this a lot with women, more so with women Mm -hmm. than with men, women have been scripted and groomed and taught certain messages about money. And one of the biggest ones that women are taught is that you um, don't need to worry about it. There's always going to be somebody there to take care of it for you. Mm -hmm. And, um, and also that we have been usually put in situations through our lives where we have expected to do something for 
for somebody else and not be compensated for it because it's our job. It's our role. Our job is the caretaker. It's the take care of everybody else's needs before our own. And you can have a well-educated, intelligent, strong, and confident woman who will still have difficulties walking into a room and negotiating a raise for herself or a salary bump or take on more responsibilities and not get paid as much as the next person over to him because it triggers inside of them those scripts and those unconscious messages that they received growing up. And that's always a startling part for somebody. And that's self-sabotaging, right? right? Like you never get enough resources to move ahead. You never get enough, you know, you never get the financial freedoms to be able to do more and more with your life because you are unconsciously making sure that you're never going to make a lot of money. And so those are some like major examples that I think a lot of people don't really link back to what were we taught and what were we shown as children and how right. did that, how did that create the brain, um, that we now live with as an adult? Mm, yeah. I, I think that's some really deep rooted issues, especially in, and I think, yeah, those personas with women having to deal with that, um, not being able to advance in a way because of those stigmas is, is startling and it, it becoming, I think, thankfully more realized, and, and talked about, which is great. And I think one big one um, with men is the fact that um, being emotional is such a bad thing. I think that was harped on so much when, even when I was younger, um, and, and even more so with my, my dad and my grandparents' age, like that's changing um, and becoming a little bit more talked about. I think more people are understanding that it's okay to open up as men, especially, and to share those um, and I think that helps, um, both aspects because then we can kind of meet in the middle and, and, and kind of agree and, and grow together. Um, and so, yeah, I think, um, those are really some big issues that I'm, I'm thankful are becoming more talked about in today's society. Um, because mental health is such a big issue and, and that correlation to future, uh, our kids, kids, they're, you know, continuous down the line. Um, and so, so how can people kind of maybe see that in themselves? Do you have any, any way or knowledge on, on what people can look for maybe in themselves? Yeah. Well, so one of the biggest things that when I, when I do work sessions with mm-hmm. people, or even when I'm coaching one-on-one um, with business owners. And so while I do the podcast on mental health and, and wellness, the other part of my life, the reason why we're having a business discussion here is that I've right. been a business coach for a few years and I, yeah. you know, and I do speaking and training. And the first thing I'll start off the session with is we're going to get ready to have a discussion. I'm going to bring up some points. And what I want everyone in the room to do is notice when your body changes. And so when we are triggered, our body is the first place that feels it, right? The hippocampus senses Mm -hmm. danger. It hears something, the eyes are picking up a body language. I mean, our brains are so perceptive, you know, at a level that we can't control because it it has to be right. Mm -hmm. Our brain has to work faster than, you know, part of our, our, you know, our mind does here. And so when we notice that something happens and somebody says something to us, if our first response is, and I I use my example, my example is Mm -hmm. I feel it in my chest. 
my okay. chest kind of like tightens up real quick. Gotcha. Um, in sessions, I've heard people describe like they feel it in their jaws or they instantly feel flush or yep. red, you know, sweaty, whatever it is. But we, we've, we have a trigger, a feel, you know, somewhere in our mm-hmm. body. And so what I tell everybody is start to pay attention to when that happens to you during the day at work and then sit there and go pull back and think mm-hmm. about it. Huh? I wonder why that just happened to me. What is it about the way that person said that? Is it about the expression on their face? Is it about, and that will start to pinpoint for you what those subconscious little, you know, signals are that get you all worked up and, Mm -hmm. and push you to the emotional spot of your, of your brain and can start to interfere with, um, you know, your abilities to communicate what you need to say, how you need Mm -hmm. to say it and do it in an effective way. That's, you know, that's, um, suitable for the business environment. That right there, when I did one of my sessions this past summer and I had a, a room full of women and I said, okay, well, I'll notice this. Then through the course of the day, they kept bringing up, oh my gosh, <laughs> I never noticed how often, like, yeah. you know, we weren't even having right. stressful. I was just presenting information on a whiteboard, right? Yeah. But when I would say certain phrases or talk about certain scenarios, you could almost see the room sometimes. And at the end of some of the sessions, <laughs> I had to remind everybody to breathe, you know, right. because they were realizing that, oh my gosh, this is like drumming up. And so when we, like I said, that's number one, do that for a few days at work and see if you can't start to, you know, kind of get that sense and even go home. Yeah. Um, there is no such thing as a business brain in a, in a non-work right. brain, <laughs> right? right? Whatever's going on at work is carrying yeah. over and home just in different um, situations, again, because our nervous systems interact with each other. And so mm-hmm. the, you know, the way people trigger you at work is going to be a little different at home. But if something comes up, like the bill shows up on the counter and you like <gasps> freak out a little bit, that's a trigger right trigger. there. That's right. a sign yeah. of something that you should explore. So does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've noticed uh, just with myself personally, like my trigger or or what I notice happens when I am triggered is uh, the flushness that you you talked about, like feeling that flush kind of almost lightheadedness kind of feeling in my head. So yeah, I've definitely noticed that. And uh, Well, and so and it's aware. amazing. Yeah. So what's going on is that you've got, we've all got an acute stress response system, mm-hmm. right? We call it our fight, flight, or freeze. Yep. You know, we're, we are wired one way or the other. Yep. And, um, and so, you know, I'm a fight person. I, you know, I noticed that. So I will be the person that if, um, you know, if unchecked, well, you know, especially against somebody that I'm having a conflict with, you know, can <laughs> kind of go, you know, way down that um, range. Right. Um, and then there's people that just want to get out of the situation. Like mm-hmm. when somebody is looking at them and they're giving them bad feedback, all they can think about is running. Now, mm-hmm. freeze is something that we tended to learn in childhood. Okay. So it's that it's that response for just a moment where your brain is like, you can't fight because it's too dangerous. So mm-hmm. we're just going to hold steady. And then once the coast is clear, you can run off. And in order to activate that acute stress response system, again, your brain has to work at lightning speed and it has to send signals and chemicals through the body. So your HPA access starts flooding it. So the reason why you feel it physically is because the hippocampus and the amygdala are now sending and communicating back and forth with each other. And they're causing things like cortisol and adrenaline and all these other chemicals to flood through the body so that you can mm-hmm. do something. Yep. And, and that's why some people will feel it, you know, and, and that's why I said, feel that first, because that means your brain has picked up on danger that you haven't been able to cognitively, you know, process yet. Right. Like a spidey sense almost in a way. Totally. Our, totally a spidey my nerdy, sense. nerdy side coming out. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, okay, I, <laughs> I'm wearing wonder woman today. Hey, so nice. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. It's yeah. like I got my Captain America anthem, so we're good. Yeah, we're, we're good. We're totally good. Yeah, Marvel. I love yes, Marvel. Yes, <laughs> yes. But it's like, 
I always hear or use the the explanation of like cavemen back in the day, cavemen, fight mm -hmm. or flight, like, um, and it's been around for hunter gatherers for forever. Like we've mm -hmm. been that way. Um, and so and, I and that won't change and that won't oh, change, yeah. you know, no, I agree. Um, you know, some people think that that it's a primitive thing like wisdom teeth mm. that should just evolve out of our bodies. But the, the fact right. is, is that we're surrounded by danger every day yep. and our brain, it is. And in fact, it's the part of the brain that formed first in the human mm. species, you know, and the pre frontal cortex, the front part that we use to make all of our really smart decisions, right? Mm -hmm. We think we are. Yeah. Um, this is the last part of the brain and, you know, in this evolution of humans over the course of millions mm -hmm. of years to actually be the, it's the most, it's the newest. Mm -hmm. And so this right here is the first to come online and it's the first that we've ever grown. And so it is the most deeply ingrained part of our response system. And we can't think through all of our problems. If we did, we would die. So there are so yeah. many autopilot functions that have to happen and it has to happen in order to save our life because it's ultimately our brain is designed to keep us alive. That's it. Yeah. And so um, whenever it senses danger, it's going to alert you to danger. And we run into danger or something that feels like danger to us everywhere, you know, home, work, on the streets, wherever it is. Right. Yeah, I think... Yeah, the brain is a crazy muscle. I think, and there's so much we don't know still about it. And I, I think, um, from my perspective, I believe in the creation and everything like that. And so, but still, just the the vastness of the brain and how the autopilots that are created to take over, because like you said, we we couldn't make all the decisions uh, that we would have to. Um, and I would definitely say I'm more of the kind of like the fight, quote unquote, fight part uh, when it comes to those things. And, and my wife's definitely not. She's definitely the opposite, which I guess that works together sometimes. But um, yeah, just seeing the differences in people uh, and, and picking up on those as well. Um, I think it's a big deal, especially parenting and business, being able to tell the difference between those two with those that you're working with uh, or living with or whatever might not be or it might ever be, might be, um, to work together better. Uh, and oh. I, so I think that's huge. Yeah. I, you bring up a really great point. And this is something that I've talked with other companies mm -hmm. and businesses about when, especially when they're dealing with stressful situations is if you now know that we're all running from a, a an autopilot mm -hmm. that is fear-based, right? Mm -hmm. or it's survival-based. Yep. And so when you see somebody else coming at you in a way that feels confrontational or threatening, or they appear to be really scared or silent or whatever, and you get that that's also what's happening for them, you become so much more sympathetic to everybody else around you. And when you Absolutely. can get a room full of people that are aware that that's really what's going on, then everybody gets a chance to just take a breath, take yep. a moment and then go, okay, I get that you feel this way right now. And that what I said maybe came off as confrontational or critical. And I'm, you know, sorry that that's the way that that felt, you know, I mean, right. it makes this depth of understanding so amazing and so powerful and organizations and businesses that have a lot of growth minded employees and a lot mm -hmm. of self-aware employees, not surprisingly do way better than other companies that yeah. don't have people like that for sure. Yeah. I think, yeah, much more open-mindedness on, on people seeing that, like, oh, you're coming at me that way because you're scared and that's how you protect yourself and deal with it. And being able to grow with that, like you said, is that's why those companies do better. And I, I agree. I think that's something that uh, more people need to think about. I've, I've had people come to me and say, Oh, that's, 
oh, whatever, like they don't need to act away or, or that's the way they should act. Like it's nothing. And I'm like, no, there's so much more to it. You don't just open your mind a little bit. You can see and you'll, you'll be able to grow so much, but it's just, it's hard for some people. And, and that's unfortunate, but that's the battle that we still are in uh, mm-hmm. to overcome and to educate people. And that's why shows like this and your show are so, so crucial for people to kind of uh, take and, and use and just learn. And, and so I'm, I'm right. thankful again, that we were able to talk about it. Um, so I guess what are some, some positive ways that we can maybe turn that, that self-sabotaging nature around or maybe get like a control, a little bit more control. Like we said, the brain is a huge thing, but what, what would be some ways we could kind of better ourselves with that? Well, uh, yeah. And that's a, that's a great question. You know, the first thing, like I said, is learn to start to sense your body and pay attention to your body. Don't push that away when it happens. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and so once you start to do that, then the next step is learn how to take a breath and take some time before you respond to something. And it's okay to sell, you know, to tell somebody like, listen, Hey, um, I think I need a minute to think about this, like, you know, and before right. you go and do and, and react in a way that you're going to regret later. And remember reacting in a way that you'll regret later doesn't mean you yelled at somebody. It could mm-hmm. mean that you didn't say something. Exactly. And so if you need to actually give your time yourself some time to be able to say the thing that you want to be able to say, then, you know, be ready to do that. Because a lot of times we end up just responding, you know, too quickly to something. Um, and then because, like I said, part of self-sabotage is the self-fulfilling prophecy that you're never going to, you know, mm-hmm. that you'll keep repeating. Yeah. I think one of the other things is that you need to be able to be willing to sit down and to call out your own BS mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. it's a, it is a chronic problem. It means there's patterns to it. And when you, it's a math problem. That's what I tell everybody. Self-sabotage <laughs> is a math problem. When you keep seeing the same pattern over and over again, it's no longer everyone else's issue. It's your issue. You're the mm. common denominator in this math equation. That's good. And so that's one of the biggest things to do is to be able to take some accountability. It doesn't mean start blaming yourself, start generating and beating yourself up, uh, you know, with guilt and shame. It means just be accountable for that and try to, you know, try to, I say try is an operative right. word, right. Yeah. do your best to do it in a way that um, you're not, uh, you're not again, hurting yourself, but you're, you're really being objective and don't hold back. And sometimes that can be really difficult for people to do. And so this does take practice. And what I mean is, is sometimes the first voice that comes out of your head when you're saying, Hey, you shouldn't do that is the critical voice. And that critical voice belongs to somebody in your background, in your past. And if you can start to figure out what am I doing? Like, okay, I seem to always be in this situation. Who are these people? And do they look a little bit like some people I grew up with, you know? And like I said, that's a huge leap. And when you can make that huge leap, oh my gosh, your whole world changes after that point. And so it's listen to your body and pay attention to it. Take your time and then start to be able to call out your own BS. And when you start going down that path, you know, self-sabotage will start to end very quickly for you. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think like you brought up about the, I, I call it negative self-talk, but um, when you get like, oh, dummy, why, why you do that? Kind of thing, like forgetting that, like people make mistakes and trying to build that, those good affirmations um, because we all struggle. We're all non-perfect people out here, uh, but we don't need to break our own selves down. There's enough people out there that would gladly do that for us, unfortunately. So we need mm-hmm. to have that self-talk that's positive that um, helps build us up so we can take those steps of healing. Uh, and, and that way, if we're more healthy and we're able to reach out and help other people, uh, 
in our business, in our, in our social life, in our families. And so, um, no, those are, those are great, uh, great action steps that we can take. Mm -hmm. um, just taking that time, taking a breath and then knowing when it is us, um, is a huge one. Like you always hear, um, stating you have a problem is the biggest and hardest step sometimes and being able to realize that and uh, that's a huge step in the right direction mm -hmm. and uh, sometimes you yeah. you are the problem you know um you know yeah. sometimes and and that's you know and that is a big deal to you know respond to um and the reason why this will work is because you know we are dealing with electrical signals in the brain and the mm -hmm. great thing about the brain and a lot of people don't know this so you talked about like there's so much that we're learning and so much oh, yeah. we've learned in just the last 20 years yep. and that is when you stop using certain pathways in the brain, the brain will prune those out. And so if your response system has been something you've been working with and in, in, you know, dealing with or um, uh, kind of letting it go on autopilot for 20, 30 years, and you stop doing that and you take that time, what that time is doing is it's helping you create a new Mm. neuro pathway. Yep. And once you start and you start training yourself to use that pathway, and then the other one doesn't become such an automatic response to you. Exactly. And so that's why it is taking that breath, taking that time between it. And, um, and it's a conscious decision and you're not going to get it right the first time Absolutely. you're going to stumble yep. and fall on it. But as long as you keep at it and keep practicing it, just like learning any skill, whether it's learning how to play the drums, riding the bike, when you were a kid, speaking a foreign language, being able to stop this that goes on inside of us is the same thing. And it just needs, you just need to be practiced and then, you know, take it easy on yourself. Like if yeah. you need to start to create two voices, here's the old voice in there. That was your critic here. Here's your new yeah. voice going, this new voice should sound like a parent, you know, it should sound like, <laughs> you know, your loving mom, like, Hey yeah. kid, it's okay. Don't worry yeah. about this. You got it. We'll do this again. So. No, that's perfect. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing, kind of like what we feed grows uh how we tend it and so if you're always putting those negative synapses letting those pathways be fed by what we're doing constantly the same repetition they're just going to get stronger just like a muscle you train this muscle over and over it's going to get stronger but if you neglect another muscle it's just going to kind of hang out and just be kind of weak and so mm -hmm. if you can create those new pathways like you said and just use them use them and use them strengthen those and then that becomes almost the normal then eventually um, but you read my mind. That's crazy because I was going to say the same thing. It's not going to happen overnight. Right. Like you said, it's going to take the time and, and to stay on it. Don't give up. If you're trying, trying to get out of those, those negative pathways, um, the, the, the dawn is dark or the night is darkest just before the dawn. Mm -hmm. So, so don't give up if, if you're out there listening to this and you're, you're struggling with it. So, um, yeah, I think, People just need to take that first step. I think that's huge. Um, and now, is there is there things? I know, obviously, your show. So if people want to find out more about uh, just self-sabotage or mental um, pathways, psychology, how to lead better, how to parent better, how to just be better in general, they, they can go to the One Broken Mom podcast, your website, which will be in the show notes. Uh, are there other books that you're reading right now that you would point people to or anything i'm sure you probably have a bunch going on but i've read a million books yeah, yeah. it's it, uh <laughs> you know i will see this one and yeah. i'm making no money off of this but i'm a huge <laughs> fan of it um and i if and, and i'm sure people have got this one man i'll tell you what mel robbins five second rule 
right five there. Second rule. Okay. Yeah, the five second rule. Five I second have rule. recommended that book so many times to so many people because of what I just said right there. Is like it. It's a great, just basic way of getting you to just stop, <laughs> take a breath go do something different. And it's a good action for that. And, you know, and she's successful at what she does and she deserves all of it because mm. it's so brilliant and so simple and how that works. And so um, sometimes the first thing that we have to do is we just have to stop the actions that we're taking. Yep. And then once we stop the actions that we're taking, then it's worth the exploration, right? It's worth Absolutely. getting in and digging yeah. in. And some of us have to journey a little deeper into our past to uncover whatever the traumas that we may have had and the adversities um, in our childhood experiences and do a lot of rewiring, you know, the neural pathways. Um, Some people don't need it as as much, but just getting you to stop and start new, you know, new uh, behaviors and new habits is like a huge first step. And so if I'm going to throw up, but other than that, like my book ranges from, you know, business to wherever, but that one right there is a lot of people have thanked me for telling them about that book. Five second rule. Okay. And I'll put the a link I'm, I'm sure it's on amazon probably so i'll put a link totally. down there for it so yeah. cool uh in the show notes um but yeah oh what was i gonna say i'll let it this out i had a good one in my head five second rule doggone it was a good one <laughs> take your time this happened to me just yeah. this last week too and Man. i was like just don't let me leave i gotta get it yeah it was yeah. a perfect perfect uh oh so if people are out there and they have maybe a lot that they're dealing with, um, obviously we're at different levels, everybody. Uh, and this is good for anybody. Um, I've done it. I've uh, went through it to help, but counseling, uh, that's something out there that if you really, um, are looking for someone professionally to help you, um, take advantage of it. It's, it's such a wonderful tool, um, that has had such a bad stigma in the past, uh, that can really be beneficial. Um, to, to change our route and to take that positive step. So uh, I always try to mention when I can, especially on the topics that have to do with it somewhat. Uh, but yeah, counseling is, is a great, great tool to take. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're even questioning it, do it, go do it because um, yeah, you'll see a lot of benefits from it. Totally. I personally have been there and, and, and went through it. So um, that was some of the part of my head. I definitely wanted to say, uh, but Ami, Again, I thank you for being on the show. I want to end with a couple questions, kind of off topic, just um, but also something that kind of gets people to know you a little bit better. If you could choose any fictional character and bring them to life, who would it be and why? Hmm. Fictional character and bring them to life. Well, yeah. okay. I, you know, as we already discussed, like I'm a huge yeah. Marvel superhero oh, fan. Yeah. So, you know, and I'll tell you who I think is one of my favorite characters. Okay. And that's Loki. Okay. And I and I know that you know um, it, from a comic book standpoint, he's a different character. But Loki right. to me is the epitome of, you know, the guy that uh, you can just see in his character and his heart. He really is a good guy. He mm. just is dealing with his own trauma in a way, as if most of the Marvel superheroes are. Right. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I I I'm a, I am actually a Loki fan of all okay. of them hey. that are out there and stuff. That's know? understandable. Think, That's yeah. awesome, though. No, I, I like Loki. He definitely is I think misunderstood some by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They just see the bad. So no, that's awesome. Yep. And then the second one, um, what is one thing that we can do to leave a positive impact on the world? Oh gosh. Well, you know, we all are made different ways and, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody can stand up on soapboxes and mm-hmm. put themselves out there. Um, and I think that, like I said, the, the, the most 
that we can do for each other doesn't require superhero strength. Mm. Um, but that is, if you are able to sit and listen and witness another person, don't try to solve their problem for them. Just listen to them when they express to you whatever it is that they feel that they need to share with you, because there is not enough of that going on out there. You know, a lot of our pain, a lot of our struggles that we actually have is that we just are misunderstood or we've never really been recognized for who we are in an authentic way. Mm. And if you can learn how to do that for anybody, your kids, your spouse, your coworkers, your friends, you know, whoever, a stranger out there and give somebody this opportunity to share with you who they are and you can just hold that for them, Mm -hmm. you know, at an emotional level, Wow. I mean, that, that's a powerful thing. It's a hugely powerful thing. And I think that that would actually, you know, make a tremendous impact, at least on one person's life, if you can do that for them. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Just listening. That's a great answer. So, Wami, thank you again for being on the show. I appreciate all your insight, education, and knowledge you brought to the topic of self-sabotage. And I hope the listeners out there can uh, take someone away from today. Cool. Well, I'm glad to be here, Chris, you know, so excited to be on the show. Thanks. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this show. Check out Ami's contact information in the show description below. Get connected, learn more from her. Guys, if you enjoyed this, share this with somebody. Uh, Tag us on social media. Text somebody. Let them know if it can add value to them. Just share this and be a difference in somebody's life. If you liked the show, if you didn't like the show, go over and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're trying to make the show better for you guys, so any reviews or comments help. We love hearing from you. Subscribe if you like it so you can hear future episodes. Again, thank you so much for the love um, by reviewing and subscribing. Uh, And then reach out, social media, share your thoughts, questions. Um, So grateful for all you guys. Let's go out and be pencil leaders. Love you guys.